everybody. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us. This is Harriet Kamek with Down to Earth, and it's the show in which we talk about what happens to people and how life impacts people. And today, I want to focus on a unique section of the population. They're millennials, young people, people who have graduated high school, have graduated college, and are now struggling to find work, especially not in the fields that they have studied in. I mean, how can it be that most of us know that you graduate with a degree and very rarely do you get a chance to work in that degree? Isn't that something? Very, very strange. But now we're focused on a group of young people who having, we sent them to school. Yeah. We sent them to college and now guess what? Here they are and they can't find work. And what are some of the reasons why these happen or what we are going to explore this morning. So I wanted to take time out to, say thank you to those of you who continue to enjoy our show. Please do me a favor. Look in your Google Play Store, download Google Podcasts, and subscribe. Look for Down to Earth with Harriet Kamek and subscribe, as well as go to your Apple device, right, and look for Apple Podcasts. It's that neat little purple-looking thingy with airwaves around it, kind of neat-looking, right? Download, look for down to earth with Harriet Kamek and subscribe as well as go to Spotify, right? So the neat thing about podcasts is it's radio on demand. It's sort of like having radio on demand, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because that means that anytime that you want to hear about your favorite subject, you can go to your favorite podcast platform, look for it, and then hear what you want. I think it's the neatest tool ever. It's kind of like having I won't say it, but, you know, the cable on demand thing. You know, I don't like any of them because their platforms are unstable, right? But do me a favor, download and subscribe so that we can know what you like, what shows you like, what shows you don't like, and how we can bring more programming of this type to you. And in the meantime, also go to my website, HarrietKemmock.com, and as well as the ExodusFoundation.com so you can enjoy more of what I'm an author and speaker. I also have a shelter for human trafficking victims. Human trafficking, as you've seen recently in the news, is a big deal. It's a big deal. I don't know why I'm not talking about it this morning, but typically that's what I talk about, right? I talk about uh, violence against women and girls, so make sure you go to my website, harrietcamac.com, see what we have done and see who we talk to and, and what we talk about so you can invite me to your next event. There's no reason for you to sit there and wonder, how can I get someone to come and talk to my group of people? Well, go to com and there you'll find information on how to get in touch with us so you can have me come and speak at your next event. So I wanted to talk about, uh, I think I'm, it just hit me <laughs> that we're going to change, but I'm going to talk about that and in the next segment. We'll talk about human trafficking. But briefly, I wanted to talk about uh, why do millennials, why does it seem like millennials who went to school, right? They went to school, they got their advanced degrees, and for some reason they can't find work. Uh, what are some of the issues that may cause this to happen? And it's a, a special concern for us as parents because we sent our kids to school, so this won't happen. And I'm finding that this happens particularly with black students, students of color, that they have an advanced degree in computer science, they have an advanced degree in computer programming, they have an advanced degree in coding, and it seems the struggle is on for them to find work, 
the struggle is on for them to find work in the field that they're qualified in. And I'm asking this because I wanted to be clear about the reasons why this happens. This is happening right across the board. I mean, I don't see why you should have a four-year degree and, and get paid $15 an hour. That just doesn't make sense to me, not when student loans start coming in very shortly. I don't see why that should happen. And yet, it seems to be something that happens over and over to our students. It just is mind-blowing and mind-boggling because why then do we send to school if this is going to be the issue that they encounter? This doesn't make any sense, does it? Not at all. Not for any reasons that we can quantify or for any reasons that we can accept. It just seems to me to be rather unfair. In today's world, just like when I was growing up, it's always about who you know. So you reach out to the community around you to see if there are in which your child can be absorbed. In. And I know most of us are looking into that and saying that even should not be. But it is what it is. It's life. It's how life is structured. We didn't create the system. We're just trying to live within it. But at the same time, at the same very time, though, we have to ask ourselves the question, is this really what this is about? Did we really just save all that money to send your kids to school, take out all those loans to send your kids to school, and then it still comes down to who you know to get your child a job? That just does not seem fair, does it? I don't think so. I think most of us will accept and agree that that is not fair. So why is it that millennials seem to not be able to land the job that they should have? Well, there are a number of things that are going on. The economy after 2008 changed. Can we all agree? It's now become a service economy. We are service job trained. That's the first one. So the jobs that normally are automated and that operate in certain what we would consider traditional offices, those jobs evaporated. Because now with the advent of the Internet and the availability of these various Internet platforms, most people find that they don't need to. You can work remotely or you don't have to. The other thing that I found changed is something within people. People became amoral, amoral because once upon a time it used to be that I should provide work for someone and pay them what they're worth. People don't think like that anymore. People think like, I am the employer, I am the owner of the business, I want to exact as much profit as I can. Therefore, I am not going to pay anybody anything. Recently, my daughter went for a job interview. She just graduated law school. Notice I said law school, and they wanted to pay her $19 an hour. And I was like, that's what the people at McDonald's are striking for. So why do you have a law degree and you're expected to earn $19 an hour? Do you see what I'm saying? And she even asked, why did I go to law school then? And what we're finding is that there's something called a living wage. There's something like $14.47 an hour. Or you should earn, I think it's now fifteen twenty-seven an hour, that you have to work that to be able to pay rent of seven fifty per month and to be able to live. That is the craziest thing we have ever heard. So it seems like the people who are rich want to get richer and richer. Nothing wrong with being rich or wanting to be rich. But now the moral code that defined the society, that kept us together, that, made, that prevented us from being amoral people, that prevent us from being rapacious capitalists, that moral code has evaporated. It's almost as if every man is out here for himself. So you have two or three advanced degrees, and you still can't find work, especially if you're a person of color. And 
especially if you're over 40. So there's ageism, there's racial and color discrimination. Imagine that still existing, even in spite of the EEOC, even in spite of those directives. There's so my daughter went on a job website recently from the school that she attended. And what she found was there was a disclaimer from the school that there were some employers who literally chose not to comply with federal discriminatory laws. Have you ever heard such a thing? That means these employers don't care whether they break state or federal laws. They do not conform, neither do they report. And they are so sure that they can do this and get away with it and are still standing. So I'm going to find that website and I'm going to call them out because this is shocking, highly discriminatory. Yes, you're a businessman, but we all have to abide by federal, state, county laws, maybe. But what about the moral code? This is what I'm saying. People don't say, frankly, what is moral code? What is morals? What are morals today? People, frankly, do not care, right? So those are the things that are operating against millennials. We also have a shrinking job market. You come out with an advanced degree. What are you going to do with it? Where are you going to go? And then especially if you're a person of color, whether you're black, Latino, Indian, or Pakistani, or of Asian descent, where are you going to go? Discrimination exists in science. It exists in medicine. It exists in law, traditional fields of law. And, and, and don't even talk about what happens on college campuses, right? You can be as qualified as anybody. You're still not going to penetrate where you need to get to. The other day I saw something on one of the, on LinkedIn that says uh, the glass ceiling doesn't exist. And they used a young black girl who looks like a college graduate to say the glass ceiling does not exist. What you need is a mentor. And I'm like, that's a lie from the pits of hell. Stop spreading misinformation that racism, colorism does not exist. That's a lie. That's a misnomer. Racism and colorism exist. Let's all be clear. We hire people based on whether we like them. We hire people based on how they look. And people get hired based on ethnicity. Come on. Stop saying that racism and colorism does not exist. It exists. Mentoring and mentorship is important in telling people how to navigate environments once they get in, but getting in is everything. And this is why a lot of people today who have, you know, who are wealthy and so on, especially people of color, if they have their children want to integrate in the society, they don't want to grow up to be the merchants their parents were or have to start their own businesses like the parents did. So a lot of, you know, they want to integrate and just be a normal person. And then they try to go into fields, they're qualified, they went to school to get educated, they're bright, they're smart, but they still get passed over for the job placement. It doesn't matter what ethnicity they are, they still get, they still get passed over. So they end up having to go back to mom and pop business and you know, take their ideas that they learned and make it successful to make a living. And I don't blame anybody for doing that because why? But I am saying, graduates out there, I am saying to you that you need to, and tell your kids, you still need to go out there and try. And especially in the field of law there's, and politics, because law is the entryway into politics. And you, in order for this system to change, there's an endemic and entrenched system of institutionalized racism. In order for it to change, you've got to be on the inside. 
If you're not on the inside, you can't change it. Well, how are you going to get on the inside? You have to be a lawyer. You have to be a prosecutor. You have to be a judge. Do you see what I'm saying? And you have to be teaching law at college level so that you can make effective, meaningful change. So don't give up. So find different ways of doing that, right? Don't give up and don't quit. Still knocking on doors. Still go out there and and apply for jobs, even if for people of color, you sometimes have to apply 30 times. Before you get the, 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 I think the average is you send out 20 letters before you get one. That's just a common thing in sales. Well, send out 30, 40, or 50, you are most likely to get one response back, right? And it's like everything else, put in the effort and do it. And the other thing we have to tell our children too as they graduate is manage your expectations. In other words, don't expect now that you have been armed with an education that is validated by the white institutionalized racist system, educational system. Don't expect now that that is going to be a panacea and a placebo to make sure you land a good job. It doesn't work like that either. It does not work like that. Okay? Manage your patients. Know that when you go into work environments today, you're still going to be faced with gender discrimination. You're going to be faced with racist discrimination, nation of origin discrimination. You're going to be just on your appearance. People are going to judge you based on how you look, irrespective of your ability to do the job. In fact, your ability to do the job is rarely, shall I say rarely, rarely ever called into question. It's more about how you appear to be. It's more about how you present yourself. And I won't even try to fathom what young LGBTQ young people are facing. I won't even try that. That's a whole other level that I won't even try to imagine what they, because that just seems to be an added layer of discrimination. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see where I'm going with this? So my advice, what I say to young people is have a second stream of income. Make sure you have a plan so in the event that the rug is pulled out from under your feet, you can never stop. A friend of mine, who's someone whom I know, actually when she graduated law school, volunteered. She volunteered for five months. In order for her to work as a prosecutor here in Wayne County, Michigan, you have to work five months. 40 hours a week, listen to this, for five months, you have to give up your time for 40 hours a week before you can apply to become a prosecutor. And that's a given. That's just a standard norm that it's not a law. It's just there and people abide by it because nobody changes it because everybody wants to become a prosecutor. For those who sincerely want to become a prosecutor, whether you want to become a county prosecutor or a federal prosecutor, right? Someone I knew volunteered for five months, 40 hours a week at, in Macomb County as a prosecutor. She's black, and you everybody knows what Macomb County is, right? The system is as racist as ever, right? It is what it is. Macomb County, Michigan, go look it up. Yes, they know about me, and I know about them, right? And she volunteered for five months. And at the end of the five months, a vacancy became apparent. She was a young black graduate at the time. And when she applied for the job, guess what? They didn't give it to her. They told her they had no vacancy, but they went and hired a white person. I kid you not. 
they eventually ended up hiring somebody who is black uh, from if they had to kind of level the playing field. But do you believe what I'm saying? Can you dig it? Macomb County, Michigan. One of the most racist enclaves in the Sparta, Michigan. I kid you not. Why people still continue to stick to and cling to old ways of thinking that divide the country, divide the society, I have no idea. But if they choose to do it, and that's what we have to work in, I guess some of us are just going to have to call it out and call it what it is. It is what it is, right? The, uh, so for, and that's just law. In medicine, the same things apply. You graduate from medical school, and you literally have to hope by the time you graduate that you are placed. And I, I, was, I was appalled to discover that people of color who graduate from medical schools, you know, from like 30000 38 to $40,000 a year, and you just accumulated over a quarter million dollars in, in student loans to complete your medical training, and you're going to earn when you jump out thirty-eight dollars to $40,000 a year, that's appalling and shocking, especially to people of color. Gone are the days when a doctor who graduates medical school and who is now going to be a resident, right, and work in the emergency room, that doctor used to graduate and earn 200000 a year. He would get a car and a house. He would get a Mercedes and a house. That was the life. That does not exist anymore. Imagine that. The, the polarization that is taking place within communities of color is unbelievable. And most people don't talk about it because they're afraid to be to stand out there as as what it is. Nobody wants to. And the second thing about it is is the pain and humiliation that comes. It's almost as if you're invalidating the person's self worth. You're saying that you don't matter. You're not important. Uh, you don't value. You're not valuable, even though you come armed with a law degree, an engineering degree, or a medical degree. A lot of people have internalized this and have carried it with themselves and say this is the way the system is. And this, I can't change it. But yes, you can. If you're a lawyer and you're listening to this, you can change it by making sure you apply for these positions. Keep applying and keep showing up. Run for judge in every county. You're a prosecutor, run for prosecutor, run for office. Run for everything until you're within the system and there are enough people of color within the system that changes this thing. It has to change. We cannot continue like this. It's been 400 years of entrenched endemic institutionalized racism that has affected people. You can't tell me that it is healthy for someone to think or to feel or to imbibe some feeling that says that, you know, well, because I'm black, because I'm Hispanic, I'm Latino, because I am of some other color, that means I'm not a person, even though I come armed as a doctor. I have heard of stories where a, a, a doctor who is a person of color walks into a room and the patient says, don't let that person touch me. And you're like, you are as stupid as stupid as stupid is as stupid comes. Isn't that the craziest thing? Isn't that so darned out crazy that even in the moment most medically helpless, that a person of color who is the medical doctor want that person to touch them? Unbelievable. 
So we've got to change this. These are concerns that we've got to change. And I know many people have talked about this. This is why a lot of people just kind of take a deep breath and sigh and, and carry the weight of 400 years of baggage by saying, this is what my people, this is what our people have to go through, and this is what we have to deal with. So we're just going to deal with it. And, 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 you know, Harriet, it makes no sense to talk about it. It makes no sense to fight it. It is what it is, and there's nothing that we can do. And I am here for it. And I am like, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just frankly tired that I keep getting judged on the color of my skin and not on who I am, not on my skill set, not on my qualifications, not on my per- perceived ability to do the job but because of the color of my skin. I'm one of those persons of color who I don't walk into a room and seek anybody in that room to validate me. I am who I am. I come validated. And for everybody who is a person of color out there, you don't need to seek anyone else's validation. You are who you are, and you are born this way for a purpose and for a reason, and walk in your purpose. You don't need anyone to validate you. If you were born to be an engineer, went to school, you studied to be an engineer, you are qualified, you are skilled, you're gifted, then that is what you are. You don't need anyone else to validate you. Sure, you should work as an engineer and get paid for it, and get well paid for it as well. And this is why you see companies like Google and Microsoft. Have you noticed that the heads of their corporations are not white? Have you noticed that the CEOs, they're not white? You know why? They're trying to change it. As a matter of fact, the founders of Google were Russian refugees. In an age and a time when we are discriminating against people because of their nation of origin and we're discriminating against because they're immigrants, the founders of Google were Russian refugees. Sergei is a Russian refugee whose family came here As refugees, they had nothing. He's one of the founders of Google. Hello, somebody. The guy who runs Microsoft, Nardella, he is an Indian immigrant. We need to stop judging people based on the color of their skin because it is skin deep. And whilst we're all grateful to be in a country that affords opportunities to minorities, at the same very time, the society needs to expand. And the society needs to change from within to allow people, especially so many people who are graduating college now, we're not going to stop talking about it. The day and time for, for being quiet and sneaking off into a corner and just becoming, you know, just go sit down with your four-year degree and go rock somewhere, it, it, that day and time is over. These young people are trained, they're educated, and they deserve and they will take because they're the leaders of tomorrow. They are going to change the system. Might not change in my lifetime. Might not change in your lifetime. But rest assured, they're going to find a way to change it because nobody is going to forget what it feels like to walk around with a master's in computer science. And you're here dealing with, you're getting paid $15 an hour. Yesterday, my internet service is iffy. I have Comcast. I look at my face. Right. So I called into their customer service to get some kind of relief. I've been calling about the same problem for months. 
the same problem for months. They say there's noise on the line. They send a tech out. They came and restarted the modem. They sent test signals out. I got the right guy yesterday. He's Indian. You know what he said? He solved the problem. He said, I don't understand why nobody ever saw that this was the problem. He fixed the problem. Haven't had the same issue. After he fixed it, he said, now go and log on to the internet. Boom. I was on the internet immediately. He fixed the problem. Why? He had the skill set. He had the training, the knowledge, and the expertise to solve the problem. He's sitting at a call center with Comcast when he has a degree in computer science. The same thing, right? The colorism and racism and the xenophobia against people who are foreigners. We got to get that out of the system. I'm sorry if your ancestors told you that you deserve everything that happens here. They lied. That's not true. It's for everyone. You know why? Because everyone contributed to. Your ancestors were not the first ones to were other people before, and when they came, they brought some black folks with them and enslaved them. So now it's for everyone. So everyone contributed to it. So if your son or daughter shows up for the job and my son or daughter shows up for the job, guess what? They both should get it because they both pay the price for it. It is what it is. It's time to stop looking at people. People say this to me all the time. How come you've published three books and I've never heard of you? I said, it's not for lack of promotion. I've been on social media for over 10 years promoting myself. I've reached out to the local media. The problem I encountered was institutionalized academic racism. They don't like when I talk about it because the truth of the matter is it is what it is. And I'll tell you how I proved it. Two years ago, when I was setting up, setting up the shelter for the Exodus Foundation, human trafficking is a big problem here in Southeast Michigan. It's a nationwide problem. It's a worldwide problem, right? And it's a, it's a problem here in Southeast Michigan. So I took the initiative to set up a shelter for adult female survivors of human trafficking, those who had been taken from they were children, right, and who now, as a result of their victimhood, find themselves displaced and dislocated. So we run a two-year program in which they come into our facility and they stay for as long as they need to. Whether that time is three months or two years, it's entirely up to them. Just somewhere they can sit for a while and figure out what their next steps are. Okay. So I went to, I called somebody and I said, I need to go talk to Channel 4 because uh, I need the public to be aware of why we're doing what we're doing. I'm being socially responsible, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to let the public know that <laughs> we set this shelter up and the defined population, the defined group of people that it appeals to, and why we think that it should be done. Now, I can do this because I am an expert in the field. I talk about violence against women and children. I experienced it. I've written books about it. I've talked about it. So I went to Channel 4, the local NBC channel here in Michigan, in, 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 in Detroit. And the producer, one of the producers was a black guy. And he said, let me, he said, I don't do the evening segment. Let me introduce you to the folks who do. And he told me flat out. He said, they're not interested in it because you're not white. And you're not, they think that because you're black, you're only taking in black women. No, the people who came in my shelter were majority white. Hello. That was the first thing. 
but the assumption that as a person of color, they weren't going to give me airtime. And I found out that they found other people who were white and put them on, who weren't doing the same thing I was doing, but just because they were talking about human trafficking, they were white, they put them on. That's the institutionalized racism that I'm talking about. It was the producers who made that call. Why did, so I said, well, who are these producers? I, was, I said, met them, they were all white. But they have to do it under the veil that your story is not enough, it's not interesting enough, like seriously, but I ended up on the news anyway, right? But they had to do it because they felt like they, they, they didn't want to promote. Because if you promote the idea, then it will seem like a black person is doing something or a person of color is doing something that is primarily a problem caused by and contributed to by white folks, and it, does, it makes white folks look bad. Do you see what I'm saying? So if I had turned up a channel for bleeding and blood gushing out and had some soft story to say that some black man did this to me and black people are bad, bad I guess I would have gotten airtime. But to actually be doing something good about something, just did not work for them. This is the institutionalized racism that exists. Uh, there are a lot of people of color who, all over the country who are doing great things. There are people, there's a woman I follow on Instagram who is uh, a, a thought leader, Carol something her name is, right? Right? She does conferences and you would never know. I never even knew people of, of her uh, ethnicity did that. Why? Because the media never focuses on that. And Unfortunately, I don't know about most people. I have a, I feel that I have been given a social responsibility to talk about these issues. Maybe for others, it's not as deep. Maybe they can't confront it. Maybe some people of color can't talk about it because it hits too close to home. Or maybe they feel like they, if they talk about it, it's going to result in something detrimental happening to their other brands. Or maybe they feel they will be alienated from certain social groups. Somebody somewhere has to talk about this stuff, has to talk about the fact that these things continue to happen. we got to do something about it. We can't just have people just randomly, you are being discriminated against based on your color. You're being discriminated against not because you're not qualified for the job. And somebody asked me, they said, Harriet, how come we've never seen you on CNN being an expert? In the field of violence against women and children, you have a perspective to share. I said, one reason only, I'm not white. I'm a three-time published author, and yet I have never been invited to the mainstream. Why? Because, again, they disparage against people of color. And you might ask, but there are people of color who are in media, but they want to keep their jobs. So they can't just bring everybody they know or everybody whom they think of or everybody whom they know are doing something because then that will alienate them and they won't get the jobs because they still have to work within a racist institutionalized racist culture that says that the producers are white the editors are white the general manager is white the vice president is white and then you have a black talent what is he going to 